What Super Bowl number is this? 58, right? Is it? What episode is this? Is it episode 58? Is it is it Super Bowl 58? In episode is that the Roman numerals? Is it? Is that right? Wait, did neither of us LV know how to read Roman numerals? Three? LV3, right? LV3, that's 58. Is this episode 58? Yeah, I think so. That's kind of crazy. That is wild. We didn't plan this, or did we? Screw it. That's, that's Taylor Swift level Easter egg. How does that relate to the number 13? I'm just saying that it's the same... No, no, no. Quality. No. Right, oh, you're right. okay. You're just saying like, how does 58? Well, if you add 45 plus 13. Come on, bro. You're joking. 58 and 13. Relate them. Five plus eight. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Joe, you're mad. You better get some math better. And I heard you had some math coming up at the rest of this episode. I got a little math. I heard you might have some math in the math. See if that thing. math's math in. But also 45 plus 13 is 58. Right, Not that 45 means 45 anything. From this. I said, how does, hey, how does 58 equal 13? Uh, you know, 45. <laughs> <laughs> See, why are we so bad at math? That's not 113. Uh, anyway, kicking off episode 58 for Super Bowl 58, which is super hype. Uh, in honor of that, just wanted to talk about some Super Bowl moments in the past. What was the first Super Bowl you remember, Joe? Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Okay, I don't think it was the first one, but I definitely vividly remember the Giants beating the Patriots, obviously, to end their perfect season. It was actually no, because I remember the Panthers Patriots before that. So at least that was what, 03, 04? Yeah, it was in 2004, so the season of 2003. Nice, right on it. Big brain. The first one I remember was... But not good at math. The Super Bowl... <laughs> yeah. Five plus eight, bro. The first <laughs> Super Bowl I remember, and it wasn't super vividly, but I do definitely remember the Super Bowl. It was 2000. Um, the St. Louis Rams, Kurt Warner beating the Tennessee Titans. That was one that came down to the final play where Kevin Dyson was just like a yard short, maybe not even a yard short of the end zone where the Titans could have won. Kurt Warner, though. Kurt an undrafted Warner. legend. That's the first Super Bowl winning quarterback um, I ever saw, ever remember. I thought you were going to say it's that the first one that was ever undrafted. Oh, I think it was. Which at one point, Kurt believe. Warner was an undrafted amateur. And then he became an undrafted professional. So maybe we can be on that journey path. Is that well, what you're saying? Well, we have to change the name of the pod. No, because it'll be a nod to our past, our humble beginnings. Mm, gotcha. So, so I mean, if you will. food for thought. Yeah, Kurt Warner. That's one vivid thing I remember about that Super Bowl. He, they kept saying he was bagging groceries two years ago or whatever it was. Which <laughs> the I thought American was American underdog went, story movie. Yeah, he went straight to go bagging groceries. He threw for 414 passing yards in that Super Bowl. Beast. Got to root for an underdog. So you got to root for Brock Purdy. That's the way that all of this, this shapes up. What about halftime performances? Since we're, we're going to draft our like dream lineup later in the episode of Super Bowl halftime performers. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite or what's the first, whatever, something, what's a question with halftime performances for you? You can choose how to receive the question I just asked. I'm going to defer this one. I get to choose what a receiver defers. Is that what you're saying? Yes. You get to choose what the question is and then choose whether you answer it or not. Oh, well, all right. I'll answer it like this. Growing up, I hated the Super Bowl halftime because I thought Dude, like, get back to football. 
Yes, dude. We would always be outside throwing football. I, I didn't hate it, actually. I never watched it. So we would always be playing, like, pickup football outside, like, because I didn't care about Big that. football I didn't know guy. who anybody was. The first one I ever remember anything happening was... <laughs> the JT? Uh, Yeah. That's the first <laughs> one I remember anything. And I wasn't watching it. I just heard about it right, the next just... day at school, and I was like, what happened? Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, that's the first one I ever vividly remember anything happening. But, again, wasn't watching because I Dude, never yeah. really cared about it. What about you? I'll say – well, I'll answer the other question then. Some of my favorites. The uh, other unnamed question that wasn't asked, but un- could have been the asked other undrafted, unnamed, would right. be: I loved. I think this would have been. I think these were around back to back years, but Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think that was like during one of the Seahawks ones. I think like 2012 ish. That one is a good one, and then Katy Perry had one where she came out on the like lion horse trojan horse i don't know something like left that. shark pretty cool that was left shark year right was it yeah i'm pretty sure she she yeah the she had the shark i'm pretty positive the shark that was like high school right yeah i was yeah, in high school left shark. one i'm pretty positive that was left shark that's the only thing i remember about that again haven't really watched too many super bowl halftime shows i still don't because your dream one hasn't happened yet and it probably won't happen because we're doing dead or alive, but and as you'll probably see alive. later, it would be pretty drastically different than the ones that typically do have. I think I only have, I've got a couple dead people. That sounded so morbid. <laughs> I have a couple people who are no longer with us on my list. I hopefully yeah. they're not the same as yours. Ooh, I did have one trivia question as it pertains to Super Bowls. There has been one Super Bowl MVP. For a special teamer, do you have any clue who that was? Mm. And it's crazy. Is it a returner? Mm-hmm. Um, Desmond Howard. You failed the trivia. Dude, I failed, failed the, the trivia. Math, failed the trivia. Anyway, a returner winning a Super Bowl MVP, Desmond Howard, Green Bay Packers, 97. They beat the Patriots. He had a 99-yard kickoff return and 90 punt return yards. That's crazy. Yeah. He had 154 kick return yards and 90 punt return yards. And he won the Super Bowl MVP as a special teamer. Thought that was a crazy fact. Wanted to see if you knew it. Dude, that is an interesting one. Did not know that one. Yeah. Since you just did a fun fact, I've got one for you. We're obviously Super Bowl week matchup with Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes. We were talking, I think we will talk. Like, I don't understand when all this Brock Purdy hate started. And I think some of it came from when they're talking about MVP. I'm not saying that Brock Purdy should have been the MVP this year. I think Lamar had a great case. I think Christian McCaffrey honestly had a great case for it too. But the con or the diss or whatever you want to call it, the nonsense that I've been hearing about Brock Purdy a lot is that he just throws check downs to his receivers and they run forever with it. Just looking it up and this season... Yards after catch account for 48.5% of Purdy's passing yards this season. The average is 47% for starting quarterbacks. And the average was 48% for the past 10 MVP quarterbacks. So 48.5 versus 48. Mahomes was 54% during his 2022 MVP season. And nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody. It's crazy the things that people nitpick on certain players, but other players get praised for it. It's crazy. Dude, it's like the 2022 season, 
that was Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Right. And if Tua like, gets the yards Tua gets from Tyreek Hill, it's like, oh, he's throwing a Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And like by no means am I trying to discredit Patrick Mahomes at all or that he was worthy of it. Right. One, I think the MVP is stupid because I think it's all about quarterbacks. And I don't think it should be. Like I said, Christian McCaffrey should have been the MVP probably this season. But if you're talking about quarterbacks, it's like Mahomes had these aliens around him, if you want to use the alien term, and threw more check down like passes. It's just stupid. Yeah. You, it's so crazy when you can just pick and choose things to criticize about somebody. That's that's not something I feel like you can. It's really difficult to criticize yards in general at all if you're not going to yeah especially if you're not going to keep it the same across the board sounds like brock purdy's right on average with yards after catch for checkdowns you said 48 yeah, like, percent versus 47 uh 47 for all starting quarterbacks 48 percent for mvp yeah that's that's negative. which to me right but also i think that that just shows that the fact that it's higher for mvp quarterbacks is because MVP quarterbacks are surrounded by better players, which is why they're considered for MVP. Right. It's like, cause they have a better team because like it or not, that's always going to factor into it. And, uh, like the talent around them. It is unfortunate how it's become a quarterback pretty much only conversation. AP was the last one, right? I think so. Non quarterback. And McCaffrey definitely had a case for this year, which is tough. I wonder if I wonder when the next one will be. Would love for it to be McCaffrey know. next year. Me too. Um, but one anyway. other thing, did you see where Cam Newton said he came out and like doubled down on the fact that he's coming? He said that he's the tenth best player on the Niners. Yeah, I mean, he. I don't know where he is on that, but that's not probably far off. You could probably make a case that he's top five. Yeah. You could probably make a case for ten. But the thing that struck me that Cam said was. If you are not the best player on your team, you're a game manager. And that's crazy. Like, so when Tom Brady had Randy Moss on his team, you could probably make a case that Randy Moss is an overall better player than Tom Brady. Probably. Don't you think? So, yeah. In that case, if you're calling Randy Moss the best player on that team, you're calling Tom Brady a a game manager. Same with like Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. That's an ins- that's a crazy thing to say. And Cam was Cam ever the best player on the Panthers? I mean, I would have given it because Keekley was there every time. Honestly, Cam was the best offensive player. I think you've got to give it to Keekley. Yeah, at, and that's where that's what I'm saying too. No hate on Cam because Cam is the best offensive. Dude, player. I, I love Cam. Yeah, I think I he's love awesome, Cam too. But, but that's I, a crazy I, thing to say. Um, I in <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. Keekley may was probably better than than cam overall and so with that logic i just don't love that take love you cam i don't, don't like love it. the take did also don't love that keekly retired at 28 that just makes me feel like i'm wasting my life but when i saw that and i'm i'm 28 now soon to be 29 that that hurt he retired i'm also retiring this this summer from a different career <laughs> Taking a few months off. Yeah, sabbatical. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Hopefully, not gonna be able to retire for the rest of my life. Drive. Unfortunately, only for the summer. <laughs> that one hurt to see. All right, after a one week hiatus, we get Mister Iceman back. 
don't know why I said Mr. Mr. Iceman. But Mr. Iceman is back. Let's hear it. Listen incognito. Maybe that's what I was thinking. What's up, everybody? This week's Unsung Hero is somebody we're all very, very familiar with. It's somebody that doesn't really need an introduction uh, for what they do on the gridiron, the football field. But at the same time, they need a little bit of an introduction and some background to understand why they're this week's Unsung Hero. You see, Mark Andrews has made a career out of being in the right place at the right time, normally in the back of the end zone, catching passes from Lamar Jackson. But it's what he did this week on a flight from Baltimore to Phoenix that uh, is getting him a little extra attention. You see, Mark Andrews is also type 1 diabetic. He has to monitor his blood sugar regularly in order to make sure that he uh, is at peak physical condition, but also, frankly, just to stay alive. And so when a woman collapsed on a flight uh from Baltimore to Phoenix this past week, he said, oh man, this looks like a blood sugar situation. They, of course, come over to the intercom and say, is there a doctor on board? And a doctor and a nurse came up and started treating the woman. But after a few seconds, and they're trying to just keep her breath going with an oxygen mask, he said, hey, could it be her blood sugar? He then pulls out his, his diabetic test kit and finds that, yeah, her blood sugar is low. With his quick testing, quick thinking, and the doctor's uh, efficient efforts, they were able to get her blood pressure back up and get her in a stable condition so they could finish out the flight. When they got to Phoenix, paramedics met them at the gate. They got the woman off the plane and ultimately saved her life. So how about that? Mark Andrews, not only in the right place in the right time on a nice flag route, but hey, right place in the right time in an aisle seat on an airplane. Mark, well done. Way to be up and ready for anything. You're this week's Unsung Hero. Well done, Mark. That's awesome. Well done, Mark. Right th- Shout right. out medical professionals. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's like one of my biggest fears on a flight is that happens and I have to go do some kind of life-saving procedure. Um, hasn't happened yet, knock on wood. But they have called for <laughs> a doctor or a nurse, and luckily other people were able to help. So <laughs> We're rolling with a new thing called amateur hour. It's the same old thing. Just us blabbing, but we're calling it something new. Calling it something new. A little more uh, off the cuff, if you will. Amateur yeah. style. Because, well, you should tell the story, but you called me right after the episode last time. And that's what sparked this. Yeah. Right after the episode, Joe and I were talking and I had to just tell him about some goofy stuff that happened earlier in the week. And I figured... Amateur moments, if you will. Yeah, amateur moments. Figured, why why are we not talking about this on the podcast? Because this is some some good content that I'm sure everyone can relate to because... Everyone does dumb things, dumb things from time to time. Unless, I guess, if you're not, not an amateur. Not me. But here, we're amateurs. So, uh, we're driving, Elaine and I, my girlfriend, are driving down the road. And I didn't have time for dinner. We were going to a gymnastics meet in Florida here, Ooh. which, you know, South Carolina doesn't have a gymnastics program. But Florida does. So, it's the one sport you can pull for the game. Yeah. So, I wore a blue shirt, you know. Um, and... You know, I'm pulling for the Gators because, again, South Carolina doesn't have one. We're driving down the road. Didn't get time for dinner. I open up a protein shake. And you know how most protein shakes have, like, the little silver cap on them? They're, like, film liner, right? Right. Well, this was a chocolate protein shake. And it was, like, bubbled up to the top. So it looked like it had a film on it. And I'm driving down the road. And, you know, you got to shake your protein shake up, right? It's slowly in the name. And so yeah, I it literally it, says shake well, shake well before, op- before opening is what it says. Uh, I thought the silver cap was not open. So I grabbed that thing and just, and I'm caught by surprise. There's just chocolate milk flying everywhere in the car. 
And I had no, how long did it take you? I had no clue. How happened. long did it take you to realize? I mean, I probably got three shakes in, dude. And I just saw <laughs> chocolate protein shake everywhere in Elaine's car. And the reason I told Joe about it is because last episode I was wearing that blue shirt when we first started. And then I looked down, I had washed it, and I still had a chocolate protein shake stain all over it. So I had to switch shirts, and that's how that's how that came about. And so now – It's still as good the second time. Yeah, it, uh, story. It's, it's spurred on uh, amateur hour. So we get to talk about things a little more lightheartedly and um, just weird little stuff. goofy moments. Me. Yeah. There wasn't anything goofy that happened to me, but you're, <laughs> I got blood work yesterday. And the thought of it, like, it's mentally, it psychs me out. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of a needle going into my vein, like, I, I just don't like it. And so like, I, I, it was quick. It was easy. It's exactly what it is. You go in, get it done, you're leaving. And uh, I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And then I started like in the car on the way home. It's like a maybe 500 yard drive from my house. I started like psyching myself out about it. I'm like, I think I'm getting nauseous. Oh, I'm getting out there. <laughs> I'm like, well, that was actually so much worse. <laughs> it wasn't easy this time. Were you feeling like you're going to throw up or pass out? Dude, I just kept thinking about it. It's literally the thought of a needle going into my vein. I would be a very bad drug addict, which I guess is a good thing. But like the yeah. thought of that. Just, I don't, I don't know. It makes me feel sick. It's not the pain or anything like that. I'm nervous about. I'm like, this feels wrong. You do have a sensey tummy for sure. Joe, big sensey tummy. I do tummy have a sensey tummy. Um, that is, that is true. Although I told you about the, the fast that I did the, when I did, um, yeah, you did. I guess it was a three day fast from a Sunday night to Thursday morning. And it definitely didn't reset it completely, but it has been better since that. Maybe you need to start a little daily so, probiotic. Ooh. Is that what my doctor would recommend? Maybe. I'll have to talk to him off the books. HIPAA. You know, we can't talk about that kind of stuff on here. Exactly. Uh, have you ever actually passed out from giving blood? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a PA, <laughs> which is really bad. What'd you do? Just like work out and not eat? No. So I had, you know, I had ACL surgery. and yeah. um, Athlete. Right. And so, yeah, undrafted. And then that, and this might be why. Because uh, it was intramural. Because it was intramural flag football, you know. Uh, were you on my team? You were on you my team. Us that the year, game. Right? Yeah, you cost us the game. I played the rest of the oh, season. Yeah, I had four sacks. You I weren't as good. You weren't as good. You're, you're probably right. Still was good. Um, anyhow, so, you know, ACL surgery, you can't eat or drink really the night before. And so I go in early. Mm -hmm. I'm nervous. I never had surgery before. And um, the nurse comes in to give me the IV, the initial IV. And a few minutes later, I wake up and I'm like, hey, surgery's over? Like, how did it go? And she's like, oh, you, you know, you haven't had surgery yet. I was just putting the IV in and I had totally passed out. <laughs> what was the come to moment like afterwards for you? Um, the come to moment. Well, I still thought I was really confused. So, uh -huh. you know, Ben Fountain that went to mm -hmm. South Carolina was in Young Life with us. Um, he apparently was working in medical sales in Charlotte at the time. And he comes into the room right after I passed out and starts talking to me about like the knee device. And I'm thinking I'm like in a fever dream. I'm like, why has Ben Fountain in my fever dream selling me a medical sales device. And then my come to moment was when I started like actually talking to him and like, Oh, this is, this is a real, and it wasn't right. just like his face on some random sales rep. Right. Right. That was yeah. really confusing moment there. That's hilarious. Cause like I said, I also passed out giving blood. It was in college, a Carolina Clemson blood drive. And this will segue next in what we got to talk about because you got to beat Clemson. Uh, 
I was all on board for it. I think I had worked out and not eaten anything yet that day. And so I'm just chilling, giving blood. And next thing I know, there are like four people hovering over me. And it's kind of like, honestly, it's felt like the movie scene where you start, like everything's a little bit blurry and then it like comes into focus and you're like, why are people looking at me? And they're like, you passed out. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> not, not me. Couldn't no, me. dude, I didn't pass out. There's no dude, way. I don't pass out giving blood. Dude, but you did time. it for the Gamecocks and we won. I did it. And we're winning right now. Basketball, finally getting a little respect. 15 in the nation now. Respect. Huge week for the boys. Huge Let's week go. for the boys. If you upset two top 10 teams in the same week and you have a respectable record, you got to be ranked. So One on the road? Yeah. That was a huge and one against Tennessee. Tennessee is good. They're a good, yeah. very good team. And a very good home team. And then go to Georgia, beating them at home too. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. That's big time payback. But not payback necessarily, but we needed to win that game because we lost to Georgia at home. Uh, earlier, I'm just sick year. of losing to Georgia too. Yeah, that that was a that was a tough loss. We I think we missed like 15 free throws in that game, and we could have easily won. But you know, right. overall the boys the, are recovering, and, and then uh, girls are really dominating good. too. Yeah, the girls and guys teams combined have the best combined record in the NCAA. Did not realize that. I believe it. We're a basketball school. Yeah, now. I think we're 40 and three between the two of us. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty dang good. And then Spencer Rattler, the Reese's Senior Bowl, Reese's Senior Bowl MVP. What, he threw four passes, I think? Is that all he threw? Four for four for 65 yards and a touchdown. It's pretty good. The touchdown looked nice, too. It did look nice. He put it up there for him. It looked nice. That was awesome. Uh, Put Spencer Rattler on nose, man. I know both of us are high on Spence. But nobody else is for some reason. I'm convinced he is going to be a good NFL quarterback if the situation's right. Like, yeah. I think second, third round, sit for a couple years, come in, get to play. Where do you but think like, a prime we landing spot for him would be? Ooh. Maybe like uh, Minnesota behind Kirk Cousins? Ooh. That could be nice. Could be nice. Especially if JJ stays there, mm-hmm. you give like a, a year or two under Kirk Cousins. Spencer Rattler comes in. Dude, that could be really good. Because we were talking about it. His completion this year, I think, was right around 70%, getting blitzed constantly. Getting hammered back there. Well, not even getting blitzed. That's what it was. He was getting blitzed less, high pressures because the O-line was just terrible, and was 70% completion percentage. South Carolina never can put it together. Spence was so good, and he was uh, definitely underrated. Definitely underrated this year. But yeah, South Carolina can never put it together, man. We had... Imagine if we had Spence, Debo on the same team. People like that. Just mm. missed them by a couple of years. We just go on and see them do great jobs in the NFL. Like a old Debo behind. Almost got you an Evan Ingram jersey. Not an Evan Ingram. Uh, Melvin Ingram. Evan Ingram. Dude, Big Mel. We're not Jags people here. Big Mel is one of my favorite Gamecocks ever. That fake punt he had against Georgia. I seriously almost got it because there was a game-worn jersey by him. I'm like, Damn, for the Dolphins? That one. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my God, I send you the link to go get it if it's still out there. Yeah, take a look. This nice. one's sweet though, dude. I love, I love this yeah. one. But yeah, Niners. We got, obviously, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl coming up. Give our preview, our thoughts, all that kind of stuff. We were saying to mix it up this episode, we'll do why we think the Niners are going to win and then why we think the Chiefs. Actually, we'll probably go Chiefs and Niners. But just to kind of mix it up, give a different flow for it. The thing that probably doesn't make it into that section of the podcast, though, is the Taylor Swift 13. 
I feel like we do have to acknowledge it as journalists. Yeah. Is that a good omen or a bad omen for Brock Purdy or for Taylor Swift? Right. Exactly. Because everyone's talking about, you know, you've got Taylor Swift. Obviously, everyone knows that 13 is her favorite number. You've got 13 plus 87, 100, all these different oh, stuff. Oh, I didn't see that Taylor one. Swift. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a sign that they're a good combo, though. 13 plus 87 equals 100. We've been calling it. They're going to get married. Yeah, that is that is good. I've not seen that one. But is it a sign for the 49ers? Because 4 plus 9 equals 3. Brock Purdy, where is number 13? I'm not following the 4 plus 9 one. Oh, you said four 49ers. plus nine. You said four plus nine <laughs> equals three, and I was like, "Dude, oh, did I say three? Does Joe know something I don't about math?" <laughs> Dude, that's an amateur moment right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a three hour. with the one in front of it. Yeah, it's amateur. Okay, hour. the forty-nine four plus nine equals thirteen makes a lot more sense than three. So, yeah, that adds up. The math that actually, does the add math up. Is when math you sit back and think say. about it, the math is mathing for sure. Uh, yeah, what? Who does that favor? I think the story is yet to be. I'm going to say it favors the Niners. That's what I think. But also revisionist history. We can we can rewrite it afterwards. Maybe unless Brock Purdy throws a game losing interception on the one yard line. Don't like don't, don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. <laughs> I am for any. Well, it should be out by the time that people are listening to this podcast. But there's a Brock Purdy hype video going up on the YouTube channel, the Undrafted Amateurs YouTube channel. Give it a watch. If you're on the fence of whether you should pull for the Niners, I'm pretty sure this will do the trick for you. Get hype. You got to root for the guy. The hate for him's insane. When did it start? Mr. Irrelevant. I don't I don't understand the hate. Seems like nothing but a good guy. He's done nothing but good things since he's gotten to the NFL. He's lost how many games? Four total? Three that he's actually finished, right? He's he's lost five total starts. The NFC Championship, yeah, that the one three this really year, count. and then the Ravens game. That one doesn't count. Uh, four complete games. Right. His record is crazy. I mean, the guy's a winner. Easy to root for. I think my my thought on the hate is I think people loved it. It was a good under, underdog story for most of last year. And then when people started talking about him in the MVP race, yeah. I think that's when people were like, no, nah, dude, we can't do that. He's not a first-round pick. Like, He doesn't belong in that conversation. I agree. That probably is what's happening. I also think that when somebody that you think looks like somebody that's not an athlete is doing well, you get self-conscious about it. And you're like, oh, dude, this is like a normal guy. I hate that. I think that's got to be part of it, too. Yeah, it makes it's like, why didn't I capitalize on any of this? Yeah, like, I look like that guy. I could probably do that, too. I think people, people just kind of hate on success, too. Yeah, people do. I think they want people that are successful to be like genetic freaks or something. So they feel like they had no chance at it, right? Right, like a first round pick in that case. Right. I also think that people don't like the idea that Trey Lance pick third was a bust and then 262 Brock Purdy was a success. Mr. Irrelevant. The second Mr. best Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant of all time, maybe. Ryan Suckup, obviously. Behind Ryan Suckup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were right, going right. there. Yeah. Gotta I do can that. get on board with that. Um, well, then... Any other amateur moments or should we jump into the two-minute drill? Oh, I did. Did have you one did. amateur moment now that I think about it. So we had a wedding this weekend. And I ordered – so the suit that we got for your wedding back – how many years ago was this? Yes. Five plus. Ooh, put you on Yeah, it would have been about six years ago. Spot, you, you remembered. Good job. Yeah, yeah. I remembered. Uh, so time. we got a suit for your wedding, right? Those pants, yeah. I did not fit in those pants anymore. Um, at a wedding pretty recently, I ripped them hitting some moves on the dance floor. And so I had to order new pants that work with the suit. 
So I ordered pants, wrong color comes in last week. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have anything to wear. Saturday morning, we go play golf. The wedding starts at 4.30. We play golf until 2 o'clock, and I still have to go to Joseph A. Bank and buy a suit. <laughs> so I zoom across Orlando, run into Joseph A. Bank, and I'm like, hey, man, I do not have a suit. This wedding starts in two hours. What can you hook me up with? And the guy actually did a really good job, got me in and out of there quick as possible, left the house, um, ETA was 4.30, but, you know, I had to cut that down a little bit and got there just on time. So classic amateur. Dude, that's your style, though. Amateur move, but pulled it off. It's honestly more of a professional move because you almost got stuck in Hawaii for my wedding since you're talking about the pants. So I did. You're, you're a seasoned vet. The last person across. on the plane, and there was a hurricane on the way that shut down every plane after. And I was chilling at the bar talking to random people, and they had to call my name over the intercom. But – we made it. But we made it. Yeah. That's, yeah right. that's the only amateur move I had this week, thankfully. I'm yeah. sure there'll be more next week. You didn't psych yourself out with blood. No, not this time. Last time I got blood drawn, like two weeks ago, I actually did pretty good. I was proud of myself. Dang, I am proud of you. Yeah. Speaking of being in Orlando this weekend, which I was, did you happen to watch the Pro Bowl? I did. I was. I had the thought. You didn't go, did you? No, dude. I, I could have went and tickets were like 20 bucks. And we were just so busy with the wedding that I kind of forgot mm -hmm. about it. I was at an auto parts store getting a brake light for my car and three helicopters flew over and it was the helicopters for the beginning of the Pro Bowl. I was like right beside it oh, and I didn't so even sick. didn't even realize. So I cause I was watching it, um studios and a little renovation and I was working on that and I had it on the computer up here. I was like, dang, I wonder if Alan's there. He should he's probably in Orlando this weekend. Yeah. I was. We watched it on TV from like Five miles from the stadium. Should have won. I thought it was fun though. Yeah. I okay. Flag football's different, yeah. But I do like what they're doing with the skills challenges and just kind of making it a fun thing. It does seem like the players enjoy it, which I like. Yeah, it seemed like they were they were definitely bought in. Like at the end, they were kind of there was a big argument on I can't even remember what play that was. Was it was this uh, when Ray Lewis, the DC for the AFC, <laughs> was getting heated? Or is that Yeah, they were all getting kind of heated. Yeah. And it's like this is a flag football. Except game. for DeMarcus Ware. Right. And I I thought that was kind of cool. It seemed like they really did care. So that's a change. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it's fun. NFC, hate it. One again. Because they dominated the skills challenges. They were looking rough yeah. in flag football for a minute. Yeah, the AFC was definitely the better flag football game. And I didn't realize the setup where NFC or like they had the skills challenges in between. I don't think I would have changed mm -hmm. my pick based on that. Um, AFC had a chance to win too. They had a chance to Dude, walk. Peyton off was win. taking it seriously. Apparently, they had like intense practices. Oh, the yeah. NFC with Eli were just doing like six plays and. Let's talk about the last coverages. play call on fourth down and goal. What do you think about that? Uh, I think if you just look left, Jamar Chase was open. Yeah, I don't know that I would have. I think I would have run like a jet sweep with Tyreek Hill or something. But you had to throw it. You can't run it inside the five. Or like a little pop pass. A Tim Tebow, maybe? <laughs> a little jump pass? Yeah. No. Just like a quick Over little. Over the non-existent line. I think you got to run like something across the middle there for him to have, just in case. I know <clears> we're dude, talking put like theoretical a... flag football plays. But it's pretty fun. But Tyreek wasn't even in then, I don't think. Right? No, he wasn't. Just have him sprint across the goal line. Then Sue's enough panic. I mean, yeah, he's clear out one pain. side with Tyreek. And then side. if he's open, you just toss him. Dang, dude, we're smarter than Peyton Manning. I think that's 
That's what we're learning. That might be what it comes down to. You know, we've probably played more flag football than Peyton Manning. Probably. Maybe so they should let us because he's busy being in the NFL. Busy, yeah, doing Manning cast, playing in the NFL. We've actually, you know, grinded it out on the flag football. We teach him a thing or two. Yeah. I like that. CJ Stroud looked good, though. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Except the last drive, I thought um, he looked good in the last drive. He still got him. Yeah, when he was in the first time before he left and came back, that's when he looked really good. Yeah. He had that crazy rolling left, chunks it back. I'm excited for CJ Stroud to come. On the Uh, pod? Yeah, come on the pod. (laughs) Come on the pod, CJ. We'll give you a platform. We get at least 10 views sometimes. Yeah, every now and then. Double digits. That's all we need. Double digits occasionally. Um, But anyway, should we do two-minute drill now? Yeah, let's do it. In the future, the goals, you and I each have one. We run with it. This week, there's just not a lot going on. (laughs) Super Bowl buildups about it. So in a combined one, We'll roll the clock. All right, let's run the clock. The SEC and Big Ten have created an advisory board. That's pretty much the main topic. What's the ACC going to do? Who else exists outside of the SEC and Big Ten? Here's what's interesting about it. From my little research, I haven't done a lot into it, but it looks like it's just advisory. They don't have any actual policymaking ability. Right. It is interesting, though, because people had talked about well, what if the Big Ten and SEC split off and they each become their own league, their own like super league? And so like clearly they're the big power players. And so the fact that they're coming together to try to still work on the NCAA, it's either a last-ditch effort or showing that they're both invested into it. ACC is irrelevant, is my thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you are a high school athlete or a transfer athlete, why would you go to the ACC other than to have maybe an easy shot at the 12-team playoff because the winner still goes. That's the only reason I can think of. Because other than that, you're playing in a lesser league. It's like you're playing in D2. It's seriously like D1, A-League, D1, B-League. Because yeah, I feel like what anything outside the Big Ten or SEC is becoming. And we saw that with how the committee left FSU out this year. Mm-hmm. So I think for other conferences, it, it bodes really, really not well for the SEC and Big Ten to be kind of seemingly teaming up like that. Luckily, our school was in the SEC. And I guess the optimistic way of looking at it is like, hey, these two haven't already ditched. They're still invested to some extent left and trying to make the NCAA better, which my thought is it's a garbage organization. Yeah, I typically don't pull for Tennessee in any situation, but with their deal against the NCAA right now, I think I am pulling for them just because the NCAA sucks. They basically gave... No kind of rules on NIL. And then they're being like, oh, yeah, you broke the NIL rules. What rules? It's the wild, wild west. Yeah, like what? We what solve things by doing duels and draws. We don't do yeah. we do not do rules and law. Yeah. For Stupid. once, I'm pulling for Rocky Top. For once. I guess. That's it. Was that two minutes? Bad clock management. We're all good. Hey, we spiked it somewhere in there. We still have out. the right place to do in a flag. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, okay. Should we start with Chiefs then? Why we think the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl? Let's do Chiefs first, yeah. All right. You want to kick it off or you want me to? I'll kick it off. I think the most clear-cut way, reason, the Chiefs could win the Super Bowl is because there was a Madden simulation done against the Chiefs and the 49ers, and the Chiefs won. And that's what we're basing our ultimate teams on, so it must be accurate. So that's got me thinking maybe the Chiefs have something cooking. That is actually a little bit concerning. Because we're working on our Madden teams, like you said. And so my brother has been my Madden guru for me. And last week or two weeks ago, he did some simulations. And in the NFC, or no, no, no. So it was the AFC-NFC championship. The Chiefs won. 
and the Niners came from behind and won. So they accidentally leaked the script on Madden. They did. Madden's getting too smart. They don't understand all. It's AI. It's obviously it's taking over. Learning somehow. It's taking over. Mine is a little bit different than yours. <laughs> I am. We've been here and we're like, can't count out Patrick Mahomes. Can't count out Travis Kelsey. Chiefs offense is back. Blah 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 blah. Their defense. It's literally their defense this playoffs. And I did a little research because I was curious just how things are shaken up. And you mentioned it, I think, last week. You're like, they played some good offenses this playoffs and been putting them, like, shutting them down. Yeah, for the, the top part. two. But, so, yeah, in terms of scoring this season, Dolphins were three at 27.9, Ravens were four at 27.7, and Bills were sixth at 26.6. And so, like, the, the three of those teams, average point per game, were 27.4. And in the playoffs versus the Chiefs, it was 13.7. And it's but okay. Here's here's even more interesting, I think. The Chiefs defense in the regular season, they were allowing 17.3 points per game. In the playoffs, they've been averaging only 13.7 points per allowed. So they've improved 3.6 points per game in the playoffs. It's like a 20% improvement. And their defense was already elite. It was second in the league. And then they improved 20% on top of it. The offense is only scoring 1.5 more points per game in the playoffs in the regular season. So it's a 7% improvement. And they were 15th in the league. So you've got their defense, 20% improvement on two elite. And then their offense, a 7% improvement on average. For both to improve in the playoffs is pretty impressive, actually. Um, The defensive improvement is... Is crazy. I will say my only like uh, rebuttal to that, I guess, is uh-huh. they have been playing in less than ideal conditions. The that Dolphins game and the Bills game were stupid cold. The Ravens game, not as really as much. But those two games, it's hard for any offense to really get going. Maybe. I mean, the Dolphins did have one of the top running defenses in the league, and they couldn't run on the Chiefs at all. And that shouldn't really be affected by the cold, other than Dolph- the Dolphins players, you know, are obviously not accustomed to negative four degrees or whatever it was. Um, that's the only thing I would have to say with that. But aside from that, the the Chiefs defense has been dominant in the playoffs. Like, and that's not I mean, to take away from them. That's just to say maybe that has the part to play in it. I mean, because even the Baltimore game, it was I think like forties and rainy. Yeah. Something like that. That's maybe a not. Bit that's warmer. not like drastically different, like the Buffalo. No, the but it's still not were. like playing in a dome or anything. Right. But I mean, to improve twenty percent on in the playoffs already being elite. You know what I mean? Like that's what's crazy. It's like normally the percent that you can improve shrinks as you move towards the top because you're already playing elite. I don't know. I just when I like did the math on it. In your point exactly, like it could be different. I'm like, the Chiefs' offense is getting all the credit for turning these games around. It's the defense. Yeah, it, it certainly feels like it has been the defense in the in the playoffs. Um, their defensive coordinator, Spagnolo, is super good. I almost picked him for my – if last week on the draft I was going to pick Andy Reid first and then I was going to take Spagnolo for my defensive coordinator, but I didn't want to have the Chiefs' entire offense or entire uh, coaching staff. You can't, yeah. But um, – they got some good coaches, man. Dude, Who do you do. think wins the coaching battle between these two? Both obviously have really, really good coaches. I think 
Andy Reid has more experience. But are, are we saying in this game or just in, this in terms of? Oh, yeah, in this game. Like Chiefs versus 49ers. I mean, I'll save it for why I think the Niners are going to win. Okay. I think Kyle Shanahan, though, wins it this time. You think he's better than Andy Reid? I, I think in this game he's going to be. Okay. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. The Chiefs defense, if they win, I think that will be why they win. I was dissing their offense a little bit just because I'm sick of hearing people talk about their offense constantly and people are comparing Patrick Mahomes and saying he can't win or can't lose. And there's definitely something about him being a winner and Andy Reid being a winner, especially as of late being on the Chiefs and them knowing how to win and that impacting the defense. But I mean, like, man, their <laughs> offense just always gets the credit. And I think this is going to be a championship won by defense. If the Chiefs win, I think it will be. Should we just jump to the Niners or anything else with the Chiefs? I think we're not maybe not giving the Chiefs offense enough credit here. Mm-hmm. It's not like Mahomes is working with nothing. He has Kelsey, MVS, Pacheco's running really well in the playoffs. Um, they do have weapons. I think they have less weapons overall than the Niners do, though, for sure. We're talking about like them being a bottom feeder offense. That's not at all what I mean. Uh, just like what I was just saying, they're 15th in the league right now with points per game. They were averaging 21.8 in the regular season and improved to 23.3, which is 7% improvement is awesome in the playoffs. Like that is kicking it up a gear, but it's still just like a an average offense, I think. Right. What What are the 49ers ranked offensively? They're second in the league. They actually fell behind Dallas towards the end of the season when Dallas started scoring a bunch. Gotcha. Uh, but if you count valuable points per game, they're at the top. So their offense so far in this playoffs, they were twenty or twenty eight point nine in the regular season and improved to twenty point or twenty nine point zero in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So essentially keeping it the same at right around twenty nine points per game. I'm super interested to see how um the Chiefs defense does against Brock Purdy. Sneed. Me too. Super interested to see how Sneed does in the secondary. Their defense is so good. It is scary. I mean, it's cliche. If the defense can hold the Niners and do their part, I think Patrick Mahomes uh, scores enough to win. I don't think they're going to win in a shootout. Well, I think that's more of what I'm meaning with it when I say that like defense is going to win it, is Patrick Mahomes has enough of that just playmaker factor that he's going to get 17 points at least, I think. 16-17. Even if the Niners defense comes out playing the way that we've seen them at times this season, which... That's a piece to get into. They have not looked like that in the playoffs. Right. But even if the Niners come out like that, he's still going to get points on the board. The question is, in most games this season, the Niners just score a ton. And can the Chiefs do the same kind of like thumping that they did the last three weeks? I think they slow the Niners down a little bit. I think it really depends on how much whether they win the game or not. Mm. What's the magic number, 28? Okay, well, this will transition to the Niners because this is a little what I'd call Joe math here. Joe math is math. So because I was just saying the 49ers defense in the playoffs, teams have averaged their regular season points total against them. Like the let's see where I wrote this down. Um, So the the Packers, they've been averaging 23.8 points per game. They put up 21 against the Niners. The Lions have been averaging 27.4 points per game, put up 31. So literally, it's like saying the 
their offense has just been average. In fact, the math that I was mathing on, it's the 49ers defense has allowed opponents to score 101.6% of their season averages. It's like a 1.6% increase. The Chiefs defense has allowed opponents to score 50% average of their of their season average. So like if you do that math and take the 29 points per game from the Niners and multiply it by 50%, you're getting 14.5 points per game or points in this game. And then if you take the Chiefs season total and multiply it by 101.6%, you're at 22.5. So that would be obviously a rough matchup. 22 points per game to 15, the Chiefs win. If you throw the wild card, I guess that's another way of looking at it. If you throw that out, because one, like you were saying, it was terrible conditions against the Dolphins. Yeah. Also, the Niners didn't have that game, so the sample size. It's a little bit better for the Niners, but the math would come out to 22 to 18. Still not good. Sounds like the magic number might be 22. First of 22. So that, that's kind of what I was thinking with the, the magic number is essentially can the Niners defense just keep playing average and then their offense put up more than 22 or can their defense kick it up a notch because their defense, the regular season was third in the league allowing 18.4 points per game. So I think it's going to have to be the Niners offense. I think it's going to have to be, I don't see any world where Mahomes gets held to less than 17 like that's what, that's what, 17 feels right, doesn't it? I don't know where I got that number from, but it ah, it's feels... two touchdowns and a field goal. It sounds, I just don't see, honestly, I I would be surprised if they get held to less than 21. You think? Not surprised. I think 20. I, 20's my, my number. For yeah, them. I'm I think they're going to score 20 points. Yeah. I'll say 17. I would be very surprised if it was 17 or less. Yeah, I think 17's the number. That, so it's like, in this game, to win, why the Niners will win, it's their offense keeps doing what they've been doing against a very, very good Chiefs for, defense, for which halves. I think no matter what. For two halves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like um, when I say keep doing what they've been doing, I'm excluding the playoff games because even though they put up the points, it's felt different. I'm like, look at the regular season and keep doing what they've been doing there. And then if their defense just kicks it up a little bit from playoff form. Right. What has been going on with the Niners defense, though? I I don't get it. I don't know. They got so many stars. So many. Both linebackers. Both ends. Cornerbacks. Linebackers are the only one that I would say have been playing very good the playoffs. Yeah, they've been playing really well. Uh, The line hasn't been playing super well. Cornerbacks, not amazing. Not bad, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say, but... They've kind of been getting diced up a little bit. Dude, in the I first uh, half. Yeah, I'm like, we know that Patrick Mahomes is not good against the or is very good against the blitz. So it's not like you send pressure, he's gonna pick it apart. But you've got to make him scramble around a little bit with your four, I right. think. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that happens. The other thing is I saw Luke Keekley was on up in Adams and he was talking about Garden Kelsey because I think he held him to like 30 yards in that game. Oh yeah. What do you say uh, about it? Essentially, he's like, you just can't take your eyes off of him ever. He's like, it sounds easier said than done. But the second that you take your eyes off of Kelsey and you put it back on the Mahomes, that's when he starts doing his little find a soft spot in the zone or just like you lose him. And then they have that connection with Patrick Mahomes and something happens. And Roquan Smith is an amazing linebacker. But Fred Warner, I think, plays the closest to the way that Keekley did in a lot of ways in terms of just being crazy all coverage all, all over the field. 
and just dominating with his eyes. And so I'm like, maybe if Fred can lock down Kelsey to, let's say, 50 yards and a touchdown. Right. And then the the 49ers actually get some pressure, get another sack. Because that was crazy that the first sack that Mahomes had was last week or two weeks ago. I keep saying last week. The first against the Ravens in the playoffs. The first sack was against the Ravens. You mean of this year? In, yeah, this year in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. They only had two games, two games. about a sack. I guess like two and a half I, games. I guess it's pretty good. I guess uh, with all the other crazy Mahomes stats, that doesn't wow me as much just because of all the other. <laughs> that's true. Like, but I'm like, not having a, a way playoff game ever. Things like that. Dude, that one's nuts. That one's but you know what I mean? Like, if you can sack Mahomes once or twice, get some pressure on him. For the most part, keep Kelsey from just always getting open and then make a couple plays. That could be the difference. Yeah, it makes me think of when the Bucks beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and Mahomes was just running for his life, throwing the ball away because he didn't have anywhere to go with it. He, he can't do everything. Um, mm-hmm. If you lock down the receivers for long enough, put enough pressure on him, there's just nowhere to go. Um, I think that's the blueprint the 49ers have to have to take. Again, easier said than done, but easier said than done. But I just feel like they're so good. The Chiefs are so good at extending plays. Yeah. And if you extend the plays against someone like them, they're always going to get open and find something. Like that's just, especially Kelsey and Mahomes, that's their MO. Yeah. They, their chemistry is insane. They, the most touchdowns between a quarterback and receiver in playoff history. And it just keeps growing, mm-hmm. keeps growing. But, here is why I think the Niners are going to win. Like we said, defense, I think, needs to step up a little bit. But it's the exact reason that people are hating on Brock Purdy, and that's the number of playmakers on their offense, namely Christian McCaffrey. I think we're, like, we're just not talking about him enough. People are saying, can Brock Purdy rise to the occasion? Get this. He's been a Niner for 32 games. Forget, I say forget about another massive stat. He had the 17 streak or 17 game streak with touchdowns was going off. But in his 32 games as a 49er, he has 2,631 rushing yards, 26 rushing touchdowns, 1,161 pass receiving yards, 12 touchdowns, 34 yards passing and another passing touchdown, which averages 120 all purpose yards and 1.2 touchdowns per game as a 49er. And I would argue that McCaffrey is underrated. Like yeah, as much yeah, praise exactly. as he gets, I think he's vastly underrated. Like he's by far and away the best running back in the league right now. And Dude, how crazy is it that I? Because I agree with you. I think that Christian McCaffrey is underrated, which is wild to even think about. But just the impact that he has on a team. What were Dude, the Panthers averaging a hundred? Dude, that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, hundred and twenty. All-purpose yards a game as a 49er. Dude, he's going to, like, back to the the Chiefs' defense. They've played some really good offenses, I think. I know. Like I said, third, four, and I think the Bills were six or eight in the league and points scored. I will say, though, that the Niners, to me, just feel like they have so many more weapons to think about than any of those three teams. Lamar's yeah. crazy and you have to game plan. It's like playing Patrick Mahomes. But from the 49ers side, it's like just figure out how to shut down Kelsey and Mahomes for the most part. You've got to figure out from the other side. Purdy was in the MVP conversation. He's 
put up well over 4,000 yards. Like it or not, he was there. Ayuk was a thousand yard guy. Kittle was a thousand yard guy. Obviously, Debo. like we just said, Debo is a menace when he gets the ball a in his menace. hands. First off, who cares where a he lines up? Exactly. And then you you've got a game plan for that. It's like running back that's I would say a top. He's probably like a top ten running back in the league. I bet if he was just a running back, Debo. Yeah, don't you think? Probably would be. Yeah, and he's then so tough to bring down. He's fast. Smart. Probably exactly. You move him and McCaffrey around. Like there's just so many pieces that the Chiefs defense has to be on top of in this game, which makes me feel like it's harder to keep them from scoring than some of the past teams. Yeah, they did. Again, they did a really good job with the Dolphins. The Dolphins were on a downhill slide though, um, coming into the mm-hmm. playoffs. They have probably about as many playmakers as the the Niners. I would say it's probably pretty close. The speed, but again. Tough conditions, Dolphins on a downhill slide, not really counting them as much. The Bills do have weapons. Um, I would say not as many as the Niners. And then the Ravens, it was, I feel like, mainly mainly Lamar Jackson. And we talked about it last week. He didn't have the best game ever. They haven't had to prepare for the best running back in the league, one of the best wide receiver duos in the league, and top two tight end in the league, all on the same team. So... That is going to be interesting. I started to talk about turnovers earlier, but that's like the one piece that then throws, could throw a wrench in all of this is yeah. um, the Niners have honestly protected the ball so well this year. On offense, they have 18 regular season turnovers, one in the playoffs, compared to the Chiefs who are 28 in the regular season, two in the playoffs. 18 yeah, is good. And then on defense, yeah, on the defense, the Niners had gotten 28 turnovers, three so far in the playoffs. And the Chiefs are at 17-4 in the playoffs with an extra game, obviously. So, like, keep that in check. And if anything, Niners capitalize like they've been doing this year on the turnover ratio. That's huge. Yeah. I I really want to see the answer they have for, for McCaffrey. I, I don't know what answer you can have for McCaffrey. It's kind of like saying with, with Kelsey, like, what what is yeah. shutting him down? Like, limiting mm-hmm. him to 80 yards and 80 a all, touchdown? Yeah. Like, would you say 80? That's literally what I was about to say. Yeah. I mean, I think if you hold McCaffrey to 80 yards and a touchdown, you've played well against him. Mm -hmm. If you keep him under 100, when you're averaging 120, that's insane. 120, and he's probably averaging a touchdown at least every game, right? Since he's Um, been. Yeah. No, he's averaging 1.2 every game. (laughs) That's wild. Beast. Yeah. Underrated. Like and like I said, he was on a 17 game streak with touchdowns. Yeah, that was that was crazy. If you bet every Sunday that he was going to score until he didn't, you'd be doing pretty well. I think you probably did that, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. But it got to like minus 300 at some point. It's like, wow, dude, there's no payout here. Yeah, just throw extra money on it. It's free money. Um, the other thing we were talking about coaching, I, I feel like there can be a tendency, and. I'm high on Brock Purdy, but like to for Shanahan to want to come out and show that they can have like a really good passing game with them. Last week, or t- I keep saying last week, two weeks ago, we talked about how the Ravens just didn't run the ball that much. I'm like, man, the Niners should come out pounding yeah. and then play action and all the things that they've been feeding off of this year. I agree. It It felt like the Ravens were trying to do exactly what you're saying, like make a point mm-hmm. where, oh, we can we can win with Lamar throwing the ball that's fine if you want to start like that but when it gets dire like switch it up do what you're good at 
And yeah, hopefully the Niners don't fall to that trap. I don't think they will. I don't think so. But that was just like the one thing I thought about where I'm like, yeah, that could be bad. I don't think that would be, I would rather them run it too. I think that's your best bet. Give it to the best running back in the league. Let him work. The underrated best running back. The underrated best running back. Underrated. That's a good take. Overrated top five. What was that? That y'all kept doing with Josh Allen? Oh, y'all. Christian. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, he said he's a, he's an overrated top three. An underrated number one. That's what my Or overrated is. top five. Yeah, an underrated number yeah, one. That's this is the, this one is the opposite of that. Other fun fact, though. So far this season, the Chiefs are scoring less points in away games, and the Niners are scoring more points in away games. So... This is an away game for both teams. Interesting. Yeah, sometimes it seems like every now and then you get a team that plays better on the road. Unfortunately, it looks like Patrick Mahomes was kind of enjoying playing on the road there too. It seems yeah. like he was eating up like the the whole like you can't win on the road thing, even though he's never lost a road playoff game. That was the yeah. You can't lose either. Right. You just can't play an away game. <laughs> right. You just never played one. Yeah, that'll be interesting. The Super Bowl, though, is never like a rowdy, raucous crowd. So um, I, I wonder how different it is going from playing like in a away or home, whatever you want to call it, like in an actual stadium that has fans that care one week and then going to the Super Bowl where it's a bunch of people that just have buku bucks and probably aren't getting as loud. Yeah, buku bucks. Buku bucks. Dude, I wonder I how know. much that affects you. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And not then, that the Super Bowl is not a cool atmosphere. I'm sure it probably is cool, but it's definitely not the same as playing like in a way playoff game. Right. Like you're you're going to Buffalo and feeding off that energy. You're going to Baltimore and feeding off of that. Letting the haters fuel you. It's not going to be that same yeah, there. Not the same. But I don't know. The the nice thing too for Purdy is it's a dome. So the weather's going to be perfect. Ooh. Yeah. So you got to gotta think about that. But on that note, should we just go ahead and do our picks then? Let's pick them. You want me to go first or you want to go first? I'm really curious to see who you pick in this game, so why don't you go first? Obviously, I'm a man of morals. I'm going to pick the Niners. But we I was saying it earlier. People are saying that the Chiefs can't lose because of Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be their defense if they win, and their defense is terrifying. But I got to ride with the Niners. It's obvious. Christian McCaffrey's going to have a big game. Debo's going to have a big game. Purdy's going to have a good game. Kittle, Ayuk. I think it's going to be close. My prediction is 24 Niners to 20 Kansas City. I like that prediction. I'm pretty, pretty close. I think our like totals Pretty close or pretty close? Pretty close. Pretty mm. close there. Um. Yeah, I, was, I really, really was curious to see who you picked. I didn't didn't know where that was going. <laughs> I just didn't see you picking the Niners. That shocks me. Yeah, but I like the fact you think it's going to be a close game because I think it's going to be a close game as well. Would I love a blowout? Yes, but go on. Yeah, I'm having a really, really tough time with this one. The Niners have been the better team all year. The Chiefs, not as good all year. And in the playoffs, I feel like... It's almost been the opposite. I feel like the Niners have been squeaking by. Um, just haven't been coming out strong. And I think if you do that against the Chiefs, that's you're not going to be able to recover from it like you did against the Lions, who that was the first time being there. 
the Packers, who are a very young team. I don't think it's going to be the same bounce back. And for that reason, unfortunately, I want the Niners to win, but I think I'm picking the Chiefs for that main reason. If the 49ers don't come out strong, I think the Chiefs are going to take advantage of it. I think their defense is going to do enough to slow the Niners down. And Patrick Mahomes is going to score three touchdowns. I'm calling 21-17 Chiefs. Okay. That number we were talking. It's smart. Yeah, it makes sense. It's smart to hedge, so we're not both riding the Niners. I will trust that you're going to be pulling for the Niners in the game. I I Uh, will be pulling for the Niners. Um, Yeah, McCaffrey, Debo, I like Purdy as well. Picking with your head, pulling with your heart. I love it. Especially after I watch your video, I'm going to be all in on Purdy. And I would have rather picked the Niners, but I genuinely deep down think the Chiefs are going to pull this one out. They've they've been there before, um, and I know that's like an overused euphemism or whatever you want to call it. They beat the Niners there before. They beat the Niners there before. I'm going, I'm going Chiefs, unfortunately. But on the flip side of that, if the 49ers can win, and we're, you know, this is kind of assuming that Mahomes is going to have a Brady esque career. Right. It's Brock Purdy going to be the next Eli Manning. The Goat Slayer. To Brady. Is he going to be the Goat Slayer? Could be. Wouldn't hate that. So watch Wouldn't out for that. that. One bit. I feel like maybe a little similar. You know, Manning, Eli Manning obviously has the Manning name, but he's always been like the underdog Manning. Purdy's the underdog, Mr. Irrelevant. Comes in. Dude, that is fair. Takes down the big dog. I kind of want to ride with the Niners after getting a little hype on that because it makes me want to believe that that's going to happen. Is IU going to have a helmet catch? I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not, you know, history may may or may not repeat itself, but Brady and Mahomes' career are looking so similar right now. Somebody's got to be somebody's got to be Eli Manning to Patrick Mahomes, and it could be Purdy. They have the team to do it. Eli was number one overall, right? Uh yeah. So they're kind of <laughs> exact opposites. <laughs> but in, in terms of draft picks, yeah. But in, I get what you're saying. No, I'm in, on board. in terms of the Manning family, you know. Yeah. It's Ar- Archie. And Archie, then. Peyton, Eli. <laughs> so, yeah, number yeah, one I, overall again, in this irrelevant. But. Again, I understand, and I don't hate your pick. But Goat Slayer, I'm on board with. Also, the last thing I would say on this is the Niners have loved deferring if they win the toss trying to win that halftime, you know, score before half, come out half scoring. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe you flip it in this time because we talked about a couple of weeks ago how the Chiefs are really good at halftime adjustments and they're really good or in terms of not allowing a lot of halftime points. And so instead of giving the ball to Patrick Mahomes and letting him go down the field and potentially score either a field goal or a touchdown, do you try to get the ball first and go down and strike blood? Maybe they did that in the Ravens game. Though. The Ravens got the ball first, then went three and out, and I felt like that set the tone for the whole game. It's such a tough call. Uh, yeah, I know. But I'm just wondering. I'm like, Does maybe that- you do switch it up if you've done it the past few games and come out slow. Sometimes you do need to switch something like that up. So maybe, maybe that's the move. I, know. I was random. I really hope the Niners come out strong because again, if if they come out slow, I think they're they're in big trouble. Hmm. 
Hopefully we're both wrong and it's a high scoring game. Yeah. I'm hoping for 30 30s. It wouldn't be crazy, crazy for that to happen. It wouldn't super surprise me, but I think both defenses are good enough to keep it lower scoring. I do too. It's interesting though, because both teams obviously have crazy big play threats. The Niners have been doing it all year. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Both defenses are great at not allowing big plays though. But you know what I mean? Like a big play like that, it's so easy. We saw it in the Packers game and like Christian McCaffrey just can slip out and go 50 yards for a touchdown. Right. And so. Yeah. Big play potential could happen, on both sides. Is all I'm saying. Could happen. All right. Draft though. I think I get the first pick. What we're doing is we're making our dream halftime lineup. And so the number one pick for me has got to be the Beatles. Uh, I'm going to piece things together later because I feel like halftime show, it's all about having some bangers, different collabs, different stuff going on. And so I'm going to, I'm going to add stuff later. I'm assuming I left you the picks you wanted to so go ahead and take them to, I, I do not like the Beatles, man. I'm sorry. Really? I'm going to say it. Yeah. Not a beat, not a big Beatles guy. Um, all right. They're fine. I understand they're well-respected. Wait, wait till you see my whole lineup. That's all I'm saying. Though. No, I, I was really worried you were going to get my number one because it's the only, really the only one I care about. And it's Jimi uh-huh. Hendrix. I gotta have Jimi Hendrix headlining up my Super Bowl show. Um, and I was worried you were going to take him. I had thought about doing Jimmy. The reason I didn't is because Jimmy isn't great playing with people because his guitar is tuned weird. He does like so many different tempo things. And so mine's built on collabs and the structure of Jimmy doesn't fit with that. So that's why I didn't. I just want Jimmy by himself. I don't care about any, I can stop the picks right now. It can be me, you, our buddies at at two through five. If I get Jimi Hendrix on my Super Bowl halftime show, I'm happy. That's my number one. Uh, if I could ever pick anybody to see live, I would pick Jimi Hendrix. Obviously, that's not going to happen R.I.P., but mm-hmm. um, dude shreds. I'll let him come out with the uh, Star Spangled Banner to open it off. Ah, dude. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix. I didn't really wasn't sure if I was going to get that pick, so I got really hyped when you picked the Beatles. Not that the Beatles, dude, that is you know. The Beatles also, for the record, I'm, I'm going to take – I'm going to take – Paul, John, and George. Forget about Ringo. <laughs> yeah. Pick, factor I mean, that's a good pick. Like, you would... A lot of people enjoy the Beatles. Um, in their songwriting, melodies, harmonies, stuff like that, that's, that's what I'm getting from them. Yep. And so I was kind of... Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super hyped on that. Now I got to figure out who would work well with Jimi Hendrix. Because I wasn't sure I was going to get that pick. I'm just going to go straight down my list. Number two, I'm going Metallica. Metallica is getting me so hyped for the second half of the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going. I think I'm going hype, hype bands only. Got to wear your earplugs in my concert, bro. My next two picks again. I'm thinking about Super or like Super Bowl halftime performance. It's all about hype, flashy, and then it's a bunch of songs put together. You're trying to get hype choruses and hype hooks that people can sing along to. And I actually watched a video of Beyonce crazy in love and come together by the Beatles and it was so fire <laughs> so give me Beyonce in slot two and then I've, I know you're not going to pick this one so it's kind of pointless picking it now but I'm going to go ahead and go with Taylor Swift too because you get the two of them writing some of the most the biggest bangers of the century with the Beatles 
you're going to be putting some mashups and collabs together across all of those. People are going to be just singing. They are. People are going to love yours. I think the vast majority of people would love yours. I'm doing Not this <laughs> personally for me. If I'm at a Super Bowl, what do I want to see? And I want to see bangers only. I'm glad we're going two separate directions on this because yeah. I was really worried you're going to steal some of my picks because I really, really. Well, there's one that I should have gotten because I'm nervous that you're going to pick it. So I really should have saved the Taylor Swift one. But go ahead. Go ahead. I think I know who it is. And I almost just want to let you have them. Who do you think it is? If I tell you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> uh, number three for me, Led Zeppelin. Stairway to Heaven. Dude, I'm getting so hyped at my Super Bowl. This isn't for all the elites. This is for all the homies that want to come to the Super Bowl. I'm bringing all the boys. We're having the best concert of our lives, getting ready Dude, for yours a yours is just grit, half. and mine's just like all flash. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the thought it's of it. It's two totally separate ways, and I love it. And that's kind of how I pictured this playing out, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, mine is straight grit. Uh, I Should I take the, the people I want? I'm. It's Creed, isn't it? No, no, no. It's not know. Creed? Yeah. I don't know if, I, if that's where I want to go with that. I think I might got to stick with the grit and go Nirvana. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with the grit. We're going super gritty. Nirvana is a good one. I was thinking about getting a band in there. I'm going to go more. I'm going to stick with the pop because right now I've got all the songwriting and hooks and everything, the vocals from the Beatles mixed with Beyonce and her whole band, the crazy stuff that goes on there, then Taylor Swift. I think, oh, part of me is like, should I do Jay-Z? But maybe maybe he can come in with Beyonce. We'll see. So I'll, let, I'll put an asterisk by that one. And I'm going to do 2000's Kanye West. So it's going to be pre-Grammy incident. So there's no beef with him and Taylor Swift. They get along fine. You get the bangers from the 2000s there. And then to put it all together... You need a glue. And so I need a DJ here. I'm going to go with Avicii. He's coming back Ooh, for it. That's and so point. you've got just bangers and bangers. You got beats from Kanye early on. You've got crazy songwriting. And then you've got Avicii working his magic, cooking a pot of just halftime delight. I like it. Those, those last two picks really pulled it together. Kanye Thank was you. on my radar, but... He's not. Fitting. That's the one I thought he, you might do. Like, he's not. I just don't think it would flow very well with the rest of specifically, <laughs> specifically though, two thousands Kanye. Yeah, right. Pre Kardashian Kanye. Right, right. You get Kanye and Taylor on the same stage. You get Beyonce, like you're saying. Maybe she brings Jay Z with her. Yeah. You get Watch the Throne with Jay Z and Kanye. Could be nice. I liked how you pulled nice. that one together. And Avicii Appreciate would be super hype. We're all sitting there watching the Super Bowl. Avicii comes back from the dead and starts killing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Avicii. Dude, just imagine how hyped that halftime dun, show. Dun, and then think dun, about, dun, like, Taylor Swift, the thing that she's bringing to is her, ha like, her concert's insane. So you're getting her theatrics and just mine for creating these crazy performances. Put all the bangers together. Do you think she makes a Super Bowl halftime appearance this year? No. Who's who's doing the halftime show this year? Uh, sure, I think. Yeah, I'm see what happens. Hey, I don't know, man. 
She might. All right. So, so far I have Jimi Hendrix, Metallica, Led Zeppelin, Nirvana. There's a few different ways I could go with this here. I think I need like a, a, like more of like a people pleasing band that kind of goes along with the same deal. And I think for that reason, I'm picking Fleetwood Mac to round it out. So it's kind of in the same, you know, general genre, but they have a lot. Um, I just feel like they would, they would fit well and other people would enjoy it more. Instead of me Dude, picking I'll... Rage Against the Machine or, <laughs> or uh, the other thought was Pink Floyd. Ooh, I like that one. The two that I didn't do that I wanted to was Journey. I was thinking about doing them instead of Kanye or Jay-Z too. Just like Ultimate Arena Rock. You get them with Steve Perry. That makes sense. Yeah. The other one, the concert that I've always said, if I could go back and see one band, it would be Queen with Freddie Mercury. And I was like, that would be a killer one to do, but it just doesn't, it didn't fit the the vibe that I was going for. Right, right. My other one was Boston. I really love Boston. And I just feel like not enough people would maybe get behind Boston. Dude, so I, I like where you're going with all those picks. My thought too was obviously Super Bowl, it's all about TV too. Mm-hmm. So like your bands are awesome in person to catch the music, especially if it's a venue that sounds good. Right. But I'm like, you need more production heavy. Like the sound isn't going to carry in a Super Bowl. So you're doing like a bunch of tracks, doubling vocals, and then it's the theatrics of the visual and the everything going on there. So that right. was my thought process. I almost picked Pink Floyd for like the visuals and that kind of thing. And maybe I should have, but my, my concert's going to be loud. Yeah, <laughs> we're amping it up, baby. <laughs> they actually bring out more speakers and put them in the aisles. Exactly throughout the whole the whole arena. Yeah, I'm I'm really hyped about that. If that ever, man, that'd be the perfect Super Bowl to be at. That would be a super. That would be a super super Super, super Bowl. Bowl. To be at, was what I was trying to say. Yo, speaking yeah. of a super Super Bowl, did you see that SpongeBob is going to be kicking off the Super Bowl with Sweet no. Victory? No, I think they're broadcasting. I, that. I think they're broadcasting it on Nickelodeon. And like the opening song is going to be the Sweet Victory song. Dude, the Bengals play that after wins, I think. Do they? At least there was one clip because uh, I was grabbing the, the T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson and all of them like hanging out, talking about T. Higgins' catch. Um, and they were playing that in the background. That might bode well for the 49ers then because the mm-hmm. Bengals have taken down the Chiefs before. Exactly. This is the mm. Chief Killer song. But we were talking about music. Did you watch any of the Grammys? We should have mentioned that in the intro, but whatever. Oh, sorry, amateur hour. No, I didn't. Trevor Noah was funny, dude. I thought he was good. He had a nice one with uh, Taylor Swift because he was talking about how the NFL cuts to her and how it wasn't fair. And he's like, and then they just like randomly, he said something and it cut to Terry Crews in the audience. Terry Crews. He's like, I'm just awesome. going to cut to Did he hit the, the random the people who played in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, what? Pick flicks. Um, anyway, I thought that was pretty fun. Hmm. But this was a fun episode. It was. All right. Well, that's all for episode 58. Excited for Super Bowl 58. Catch you back for 59, the Luke Keekley episode. Coming up next week. Super Bowl recap. See you next week, guys. Oh,